I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. I'm going to go ahead and open in prayer. So, Heavenly Father, I just come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you that your Word is truth that your word is alive, that it is sharper than a two-edged sword, that it pierces and divides asunder soul and spirit, and it'll go forth, and it will not return void. I thank you you will take this word, and you will water the hearts of the people so that they are energized in prayer, so that they are motivated in prayer, and so that they are doers of this word. Okay? I just want to briefly highlight one of the paragraphs that I shared last week from the word uh, that Kenneth E. Hagin said, and this is the place I felt like I needed to, to launch. He said by the Spirit last week, so the Spirit of God is enlisting men and women today to volunteer to be one of those who will sacrifice even the legitimate pleasures of life and come aside from fellowship with others that they enjoy so much and spend time on their face in intercession. God is calling the church to intercession. There is a cry. There is a call that is going out. There is a trumpet that is being sounded and it's being sounded even through this at this moment. It's the interesting thing about the Holy Spirit is that he always leads us, guides us, and directs us. And this morning, I went on my Facebook page, and a friend of mine had posted a word that Dutch Sheets had had, and it actually had been up on my page for a few days, and I never did read, never did listen to it. And when I finally listened to it today, it went right along with what the Holy Spirit has been saying to us last week and then again tonight, and that is that there is a call to intercession that last year it was hard for people that the prayer movement so to speak took a dive but God said he threw Dutch sheets that in the middle of February that God was going to begin to revive the prayer movement and I know those of you that are listeners are part of this revival you're going to experience a revival in your personal prayer time so I'm excited that we're right on course that Jesus is the head of the church that the gates of hell are not prevailing against the church and specifically the prayer movement the enemy has desired to sift the prayer movement to take us out to keep us from praying but Jesus Christ the great intercessor who is on the inside of us has been ever living to make intercession that our faith fail not that we continue steadfast unmovable always abounding in the labor and the work of prayer because our labors are not in vain and it may have looked like our labors were in vain it may have looked like that the enemy was gaining momentum but the Bible says and I hear the Holy Ghost saying 
that he that has begun a good work in this prayer movement, he is bringing it to completion. And I believe that's the position and that's the place where we are today, my friends. We are in a place, in a position of being launched so that God can bring the desire of his heart to completion. But it all begins in prayer. The middle is prayer and it all ends in prayer. You know, the early church, the revival of the early church was fed on prayer and it was sustained on prayer. And how much more you and I in the time and the season that we live in today, we need to pray more than ever. The Bible says that where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. So I believe that the spirit of grace and supplication, the spirit of prayer that we sense that is gaining momentum is going to rise more and more and more. I believe more so than it was even in the early church. So get ready, my friends. We are entering into some great and mighty things, not only in our corporate meetings, but in our personal, private prayer times. We had an incredible move of God at New Beginnings Christian Church in Brick, New Jersey on Friday night. And the message that God gave me was that the, the title of it was this, uh, this revival. Well, I, I forget the title. It doesn't matter. It was about this revival. And what the three things that the Holy Spirit said was, he said that there's going to be a personal revival in and amongst my people. And that personal revival is going to begin in their prayer closets. Matthew 6, 6. That when they go into their prayer closets and they shut their doors, he said, I'm going to anoint them, Psalms 92, 10, with fresh oil. There's going to be a fresh awakening in the place of prayer. Then he said, there's going to be a revival in the corporate gatherings of my people. So there's going to be a corporate revival. And the Spirit of God said, when my people come together, I'm going to manifest my glory. There's going to be times that the, my Spirit is going to be poured out to such a degree that my children, my people will not be able to stand by reason of the cloud. And then he said, number three, he said, there's going to be a street revival. A street revival. And I heard in my heart, he said, I want my people to go into the highways and the byways and compel the lost to come to me. The secret of the hiding of, the of my power is in my hands and my church is by hands. And they're going to go forth and they're going to lay hands on the sick and the sick are going to recover. There's going to be signs and wonders and miracles. But he said the momentum is going to uh, take place because my people, first of all, enter into prayer. You know, the Bible says that the prayers of the righteous have a powerful effect. And what the enemy has meant for the evil by causing us to get discouraged and retreat at times, God said, I am going to turn it around and my people, my intercessors are going to be dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Okay, so Kenneth E. Hagin said, and this paragraph said, he is seeking out those today who will respond to him. Thank God my heart answers back, Lord, I am one of them. I am one of them. And others will enlist and will enter into the greatest ministry that there is, the ministry of intercession. So as I was preparing tonight, I heard the Holy Ghost say that, I heard him say, yes, the ministry of intercession. 
that intercession is a ministry. It is a ministry. And he is longing for people to pick up the mantle of the power of prayer and begin to wear it and walk in it. We have the fivefold ministry. We have apostles. We have prophets. We have evangelists. We have pastors and teachers. But there is also a ministry of, it's also the ministry of intercession. The fivefold ministry gifts have a public platform. But the ministry of intercession has a private platform where nobody sees you, where you're not allowed to show off. But my father who sees in secret, he will reward you openly. It is done in the secret place. And the scripture I heard tonight when I was preparing is Hebrews 6.10. And this is for you. It says, God is not unrighteous to forget your work. And your labor of love. The prayer of intercession is work. And it is a labor of love. As a matter of fact, as we get into our teachings and we have a long time to do it, we have many weeks to do it, I'm going to explain to you that the prayer of intercession is not the prayer of worship. Are you listening? There are all different kinds of prayers spoken of in the word of God. The Bible says in Ephesians 6:18, praying always with all prayer, all manner of prayer, all kinds of prayer, the Amplified says. So the prayer of intercession is just one of the types of prayers spoken of in the word of God, but it is not the prayer of worship. What I think has been happening in the body of Christ and it's not a bad thing but I think what's been happening is we have been worshiping and yes we know that praise stills the avenger we understand the power of prayer of praise and worship but we have been worshiping and we've been soaking and we've been resting in the presence of God and now God is saying I want you to arise I want you to shine I want you to go to battle I want you to allow my spirit to take a hold of you and pray that my will will be done on earth as it is in heaven and when you do that the Bible says I am not unrighteous to forget your works and your labors of love and then revelations 14 says when you die and your spirit leaves your body guess what your works and your labors will follow you so when you pray and when you stand in the gap and you walk as an intercessor and you do your private time of prayer God says I see in secret and I will reward you openly not only that but your works and your labors will follow you. You will be laying up treasures in heaven. You, will, you are gaining rewards in heaven. You may not see all the rewards that you're getting here on this earth because it's all done in secret. But the Father says that I have prepared a place for you and you have been laying up treasure in heaven. So know that even though you don't see all the fruits of your prayers, your prayers are availing much. Okay, well, let's go on. Okay, I want to talk to you about some other uh, awakenings that took place in the, in the United States just to paint more of a vision because I felt like that we had uh, become discouraged because of a lack of vision. 
And, you know, discouragement is the beginning of the loss of vision. So I believe that as we paint more and more of a picture of what God wants to do, it'll cause us to run with the vision. It'll cause us not to grow weary and well-doing because we have this vision in our hearts. Okay? But in 1730 and 1740, God poured his spirit out on the colonies. I don't know if you know this or not. If you study the history of revival, I'm just only going to share a couple with you. One of the leaders was Jonathan Edwards, George Whitfield, and others. There was such great conviction, listen to this, that one would go through the town and people would be in their houses crying out to God. People would be coming in on ships and be a hundred miles away from America and the conviction would hit them. That's revival. That's a move of God where it's not by might, not by power. It's by my spirit. And as we pray, this is exactly what we are giving birth to. This kind of presence, this kind of manifestation. That's why there's been so much war at the gate because the enemy knows that when that door of revival opens on the United States and on the world, there will be nothing that will be impossible for the church which we have imagined to do. We will rise up and we will be that exceeding great an army that God has called us to be and that is an army with signs and and wonders and miracles because out of this revival I know that I know that I know is going to come the power gifts what are the power gifts the power gifts are the gift of faith the working of miracles and the gifts of healings and those power gifts are going to be in manifestation as we enter through that open door of the revival that we are going to see in our time in our generation but let's continue talking about this revival that was in the 1730s and the, through the 1740s. People would be coming in on ships and be 100 miles from America and the conviction would hit them. I love that. That's the Holy Ghost because it's his ministry to convict and convince the world of their need for Jesus. We could do all kinds of things in the natural, but when the Holy Ghost gets involved, that's when supernatural things happen. It says here, people were getting saved and whole towns were drastically changed. That's revival. That is a move of God. Now, in the, from 1970 to 1840, this particular move of God lasted 50 years. One of the main men God was using was Charles Finney. He would preach and bars would shut down. Jails eventually emptied and whole towns were changed. The origin of these revivals, this revival, all started in prayer. That's why God is calling us in this moment, in this day, and in this hour. The reason Charles Finney had so much success everywhere he went is because he worked with a man by the name of Father Nash. Have you ever heard of Father Nash? I'll tell you what, you may not, we may have heard of Father Nash now because we read books about him, but I'll tell you what, back in the day, nobody know who, knew who Father Nash was. They knew who Charles Finney was, but they did not know who Father Nash was because Father Nash had a ministry of prayer in the secret place 
days. And Charles Finney had a ministry on a public platform. Charles Finney got all the, quote, glory and all the, quote, accolades. But it was Father Nash that was doing the work in the place of prayer. He was uprooting things. He was tearing down things. He was building things. He was preparing the way in the spirit. He was making the crooked ways place straight, the rough places plain. He was doing Romans 15.1. He was pulling off the infirmities of men and women who didn't, who couldn't see the goodness of God. He was doing it in the secret place. I just love this. The reason he had so much success everywhere he went is because he worked with a man by the name of Father Nash who went weeks in advance to wherever he, he was preaching. Father Nash would lock himself up in a hotel room. Now, you see, he's laying aside the pleasures of this world. He's picking up the mantle of the power of intercession. And he said, I'm going to be a doer of this word, not a hearer only. I'm going to lay down my life on the behalf of humanity and stand in the cap and be an intercessor. I see the realities of heaven more real than I see the realities of this world, earth. I said, Father Nash was probably thinking, my affection on things above, not on the things of this earth. He understood that he was dead and his life was hid in Christ in God. He allowed Jesus, the intercessor, to rise up in him and have expression through him. That was Father Nash. I'd like to see what his mansion looks like in heaven. Okay. Sometimes he would even actually lock himself up with other people. You know, I like that. One will chase a thousand to flight. Two will put 10,000 to flight. How about uh, hooking up with people who, who love to pray just like you and going in and interceding on the behalf of meetings and events and, and people and nations? You know, how much more can we get done when we join together with other uh, like-minded people? It says, Nash was not a preacher. He was an intercessor. Finney got all the headlines, but it was Nash who labored in prayer. And then Charles Finney said, he said, the key which unlocked the heavens in revival was the prayers of Nash and others who laid themselves before God. Okay, I'm going to give you a quick definition of intercession. Intercession involves taking hold of God's will and refusing to let go until his will comes to pass. I was pre when I was preaching on Friday night, I was talking about the grit factor in the spirit. I believe as intercessors, we need to have that grit factor in intercession where we take a hold of the promises of God and we don't let go till we see his will accomplished in the earth. Now, I want to lay some foundation. We only have like six minutes. I can't believe how fast our time goes because the Spirit of God is laying a foundation and He's prophetically preaching to us and getting us ready for some of the deeper things He wants to teach us about prayer. You know, when the disciples came to Jesus, they didn't say, Lord, teach us to preach. Teach us how to, you know, lay hands on the sick and have miracles. Lord, teach us how to cast out demons. Teach us how to flow like you did. No. They said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. They wanted to know how to pray because they watched his life. They saw that he always ministered out of his overflow. They saw that he was a man of the spirit. 
And they also saw and watched his life and noticed that he was a man of prayer. He was a man of prayer, my friends. What do you want to be? What do you want to be? I want to be a woman of prayer more than anything. How about you? I want to be a man, a woman of prayer who will do things in the spirit. Amen. Isn't that what your heart's cry is? But Jesus was a man of prayer. The Bible says he would sometimes disappear all night just to be alone with the Father. He would go up into the wilderness to pray. He would get up a great while before the day. So the disciples knew that he was a man of prayer. And that was the secret to his ministry. How much more you and I should we be men and women of prayer? But there's three foundations that we need to understand before we can go any further. There's three foundations and principles of prayer that I want to share with you before we go today. Number one, you have to ask. You have to ask. Charles Wesley once said, it seems like God is limited by our prayer life, that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Why? Why is that? It's simple. I mean, there's a lot I could share with you. I have many, many scriptures. But basically, man is God's avenue into the earth. We have not because we ask not. Because of the fall of Adam and Eve, the Bible says that Satan became the God of this present world. He, he came in, and he came in through Adam and Eve. God said to Adam and Eve, listen, I give you dominion over the works of my hands, over everything on this earth. The only thing I'm asking you to do is not eat of that one tree. And you all know, most of you know what happened. Some of you may have never heard this before. But when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, it, it, it allowed the enemy to come into the garden and therefore he became the God of this world. Are you listening? He became the God of this world. Okay? And so therefore Jesus had to come and Jesus had to come and he had to come as the second Adam and when he came as the second Adam, he took our place through his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And through his death, burial, and resurrection, he destroyed principalities and powers. He made a show of the devil openly. He triumphed over them in it. And then he says to the church, now listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take what I've done take the authority and go into all the world and use my name. So in order for God to do what he desires to do, we have to use the authority that Jesus won for us. He conquered Satan. He conquered the enemy. Now we, in his name, have dominion. So we have to ask. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. Jesus said, your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. The Bible says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who what? Ask him. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you, if two of you shall agree on earth concerning anything, they shall what? Ask, ask, ask. It shall be done for them by my father who is in heaven. 
and whatever you ask, John 14, 13, in my name, that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Psalms 2, 8, ask for the heathen, and there are so many more. Matthew 7, 7 through 8, ask and it will be given. Uh, Ruth Bell Graham once said, and I love this, God has decreed to act in response to prayer. Ask, he commands us, and Satan trembles for fear that we will. He's afraid of us. He's afraid of intercessors. Do you remember what I shared with you last week, what John Ramirez said? He said, he said the thing he hated most as a, as a warlock, as a high priest on the dark side, he said the thing he hated the most was the prayers of the church and of the believers. Okay, what's the second principle? The second principle is you have to ask. The first is you have to ask. The second is God hears you when you pray. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 29, the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Are you the righteous? Yes, you are the righteous. What does the Bible say? The effectual fervent prayer of a what? Righteous man avails much. The Bible also says that in Christ, you are a new creation in Christ. You have been made what? You know, some of you know the scripture. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So God hears the prayers of the righteous. That's why when you pray, you cannot faint. You cannot lose hope. God said, my eyes will be open, my ears attentive unto the prayers that are made in this place. God hears you when you pray. Believe that. Don't doubt it. No, he hears you when you pray. That's why you have to hold fast the confession of your faith. Don't waver. Don't lose hope. Keep holding fast the confession of your faith. You have to pray, but you have to use your faith. It's not just prayer. It's faith and prayer. Okay, so you have to have both. So you have to ask. God hears you when you pray. And number three, he answers you. He answers you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. When you call upon God, you will not get a busy signal. Well, we're going to close with this. I didn't get as far as I wanted to. I wanted to teach you about how we pray into this word of revival. I wanted to talk to you about that. I wanted to talk to you about tongues, the necessity of tongues. I wanted to talk to you about travail, but it seems like the Holy Spirit is backing me up and slowing me down. And, and to be honest, it reminds me of a time when I went to Guatemala and I was preaching to a leadership uh, it was a leadership event. It was a leadership conference. There was 320 something leaders that came from all over the region. And I thought I was going to go in and I thought I was just going to teach on intercession and teach on warfare and, and go into all these depths of, of prayer, specifically the prayer of intercession, which like we said, is only one type of prayer spoken of in the word of God. And it was so amazing to me. And now, now remember, I was preaching, teaching leaders, leaders, pastors, leaders, evangelists, prophets. And the Holy Ghost pulled me back and he said, no, you can't do that. I said, why can't I do that? 
I don't get it. He said, because they don't even know who I am. The Bible says, when you come to God, you must believe that he is. Well, who is he? And I had to pull back before I could ever teach on these depths of prayer. And I had to teach them who God was, who the heart of the Father was, his character, his nature. So I am going, why don't we go ahead and pray? I'm going to ask those of you that pray in the spirit to pray in the spirit. I'm going to go ahead and pray. Let's pray concerning this revival and this move of God. Heavenly Father, we just come to you. We come before your throne room of grace. And we come before you and we look right into your face. Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And we lay one hand on you and one hand on this earth as intercessors. Because that's what we do. We lay one hand on you and one hand on this earth. And we are asking you, Father, to pour out of your spirit in a greater measure. Pour out of your spirit in a greater degree. Pour out of your spirit, Heavenly Father. You said in your word that where sin abounds, grace does so much more abound. So we're asking for a greater measure of grace. And we're asking for more and more and more of the manifestation of the power gifts, Father, in this day and in this hour. So that many would believe on Jesus because of the miracles. So Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person that has heard this teaching today. I pray that you continue to arise in them, continue to shine in them, continue to do what you said you were doing on Friday night, and that is reviving their prayer lives, giving them a personal revival in their prayer lives. And Lord, we just thank you. We praise you. And we thank you that this is the confidence that we have in you. That if we ask anything according to your will, you hear us. And if we know you hear us, we know that we know that we know we have the petition we desire of you. And I thank you that you're doing it for my listeners right now in Jesus' name. And I thank you that you're reviving this prayer movement. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project Podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.